0: Sluts and Scholars.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for another week of Sluts and Scholars. We hope you enjoy the episode. Remember that you can follow us and see all of our upcoming news and episodes on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, and please email us with your questions and wonderings at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Is my squirt pee? How do I ask my partner to tie me up? What does the patriarchy have to do with the orgasm gap? We have questions, but we know some of your questions might be better. So please hit us up for our question and answer episode at slutsandscholars at gmail. Or you can slide into our DMs. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk about all things sex and everything in between.
0: I'm Nicoletta. (laughs) In between the legs. And I'm Simone. And this week we have joining us Amanda, who is the CEO of the Swinger Sex Fest. Now, the Swinger Sex Fest is a festival that's a combination of a sex-themed expo and a hotel takeover party, which we will explain what that is later. Amanda has been in the swinger lifestyle for over six years, and the Swinger Sex Fest uh, hopes to provide swingers and those in- various lifestyles with products and services that will enhance their sexual experiences in a fun and non-judgmental environment. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> We've Thank been hanging out too much. We
1: synchronized our Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So I Very know, excited. Thank you. Um, so how did you get this idea? I know you've been in the quote-unquote lifestyle for a while. How did you come up with this idea? Wait, can we define the lifestyle first? Like the what's lifestyle. a swinger? Yes. Okay, what is a swinger? For listeners who don't know, what is the lifestyle? And podcast hosts who don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my husband and I, we uh, um, couple share with other couples. There's different, you know, aspects of the lifestyle as far as, you know, There are singles that are in the lifestyle. There are couples that are in lifestyle. And it's just a non-monogamous way to kind of explore other couples without any of the hurts or um, feelings that can happen when there's cheating or whatnot involved.
1: And so when you say explore other couples, for you, I know it's different for other people maybe, but for you, does Mm -hmm. that just mean sexually explore? Or is there emotional exploring as well?
2: There isn't emotional exploring, but we do have you know friendships within it and we've met a lot of people we talk to those people you know we'll go out for dinner and you know go camping and things along those lines things outside of just sex but it's it's mostly just a fun relationship without all of the emotions that go into an actual relationship
0: and are the parameters like really set ahead of time so when you and your husband decide to swing with another couple do you have sex with uh, is it always with a heterosexual couple, and then do you do, like, a heterosexual switch so, like, the man will have sex with the other woman and vice versa?
2: So, uh, my, myself, I'm bisexual, and my husband is straight. And so, um, typically, you know, there's majority of the men are, you know, heterosexual. Um, but a, a lot of the women in the lifestyle, and, and there are some men, too, are bisexual. And so everything's kind of laid out there before we meet the couple. We know what it is that we're looking for, what their rules are, what our rules are. And so it's, it's just kind of relaxed. And you know, there's not a lot of, you know, things that that we've found that you don't talk about beforehand. What are your rules? Well, my husband and I, we um, there's no anal sex for anybody other than with each other, and Mm -hmm. um, we're just very open about everything. We're not feeling comfortable. We have our catchphrase that, you know, (laughs) you'll know what I mean, that I'm not comfortable, but they won't necessarily know what I'm meaning, and um, it's just... Yeah, we just make sure that everybody's comfortable and everybody's having fun.
1: So I'm always interested how people get get into the lifestyle. Did you meet each other knowing that you were both interested in this, or were you together for some time and then one of you brought it up? And and mm. how?
2: So I was in the lifestyle before I met my husband, mm-hmm. um, and so I kind of drug him in with me. But he wasn't really kicking or screaming. <laughs>
1: well, I wonder. So how do people ask? Like, let's say you know, like you said, your partner wasn't into it or maybe he was open to it. But let's say two people have been together for a while. How do people normally approach that if they decide like, hey, I want to try this out? Because that could be a really uncomfortable conversation to be like, hey, I want us to fuck other people together.
2: It can be a very uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people. And we find that, you know, I've never experienced myself, but, you know, there has been some times where, um, you know, couples just don't know how to communicate. And that's kind of why you know, we're, we're going to explore some of those things at Swinger Sex Fest because how do you bring up the topic with your spouse? How do you tell them that you have interest in females, not just, you know, him and things along those lines? Because it is a touchy, a touchy subject. You don't want them to feel inadequate, so you don't want them to feel that like you don't love them. And, you know, so it's, it's very touchy.
0: So, you were in the swinger lifestyle uh, before you met your husband as a single woman? I was. Ooh, tell us about that.
2: So, as a single woman, I'd actually um, started on swing lifestyle and I found different couples and men. That's a website? That, yep, swinglifestyle.com. And Check it it out. it's just full of couples, singles, people that are not looking for monogamous relationships. Um, And basically, I would go explore, and I enjoyed the non-monogamous relationships and had fun with a lot of people, met so many different people in so many various lifestyles that it was just kind of my exploring. And then when I met my husband, we started exploring uh, campgrounds and um, parties and hotel takeovers, just all kinds of fun things that I'd never experienced as a single woman. What is a hotel takeover? It sounds amazing. (laughs) So the entire hotel is booked for this party.
1: Do they know um, that like a swinger party is coming or you just like surprise them with like a hotel takeover?
2: <laughs> no, they do know that there is a swinger party coming because a lot of places won't do it. Thankfully, I have found the Hyatt who has been great. Um,
1: Props, to the, Props to the Hyatt for being
2: sex positive. <laughs> yes, they uh, they have been awesome, amazing to work with. Very open, very uh, accommodating. It's been great. Whereas a lot of the other hotels wouldn't even give me at the time of day. Once they saw my email address, they're like, I'm sorry, we're not interested. Wow. So wait,
0: what is a hotel takeover party? So you have the hotel booked out, everyone shows up, and then?
2: So there's usually a meet area where there's music going and it's kind of just where you can meet other couples and kind of have conversations and you know you find somebody
1: that you want to take up to your room and you just go. That sounds fun. I mean, it's th- very fun. <laughs> so that's what you're planning to do for the swinger sex fest. And like we were talking about earlier, I know it's you are coming from the swinger lifestyle, but it sounds like you're trying to expand this hotel takeover and event for other people in other lifestyles.
2: So like BDSM and different fetishes. A lot of that, you know, is intertwined into the swingers. Um, I enjoy BDSM. I have, you know, certain fetishes that I enjoy, and so there's just so many different aspects of sex that can go along with the swinger lifestyle that we just want people to be able to know that they're out there and explore. Mm. I've learned so. I've learned so much from other couples that just want to kind of put it out there in one place where people can feel comfortable to you know, indulge in their curiosities. What have you learned from other couples? Well, we have learned so many different um, toys that I've never even begun to think that Ooh, was out there.
0: Like what?
2: Oh. <laughs> for, we're asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm asking for myself. <laughs> um, the magic wand. Oh my
0: God. Oh we have <laughs> we have made many an ode to the magic wand on on Slots and Scholars.
2: Yes, it is. Wow. I don't know what I did without that thing before. <laughs> <laughs> you talked, it, ab- you it, talked about what it's like. Oh, okay. And the other one you were saying? Sorry. Oh, just, I, I did not explore my bike by, by curiosity until I was married. And so uh, that was one of the biggest things that since I met my husband. has um, just kind of opened a new world for me and for us.
0: That's so interesting. So when you were in your unicorn phase, you didn't feel like you were exploring your bi-curiosity?
2: I didn't feel as accepted as a single woman um, in the places that I was as I do like when I go to a party or when you go to a campground. Everybody's more accepted there, but when you're online, I think there's sometimes more of a little bit of hesitation if you're not in a committed relationship. Because there are people out there that are trying to, you know, find their husband or whatnot. And so it's a little bit harder.
1: So it's weird because I always hear people are like, oh, got to find me a unicorn. So on one hand, Mm -hmm. there are people saying, hey, we want this. But if you're a single unicorn, it sounds like it could be threatening for some other couples.
2: It can be. But when you go to like a campground or a hotel takeover. Yeah,
0: sorry, campground. You keep mentioning this too. Is this one like a bunch of people book camp
2: slots next to each other? And fuck. Yeah. So there's, we've gone to two that are both in Wisconsin, which is right next to Minnesota. and Wow. Uh,
1: a lot of swingers in the, in that area. In the middle.
2: <laughs> yes. And so it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, I mean, everybody's there is in a, the swinger lifestyle and different aspects. Like I said, you know, some of them are into a lot of BDSM, different fetishes. But they're all gathered in one place, and um, yeah, it's, it's you meet a lot of people. You have a lot of fun. You're able to walk around nude or in whatever you're comfortable. The last time we went, we went it was on a camper crawl weekend, and so everybody had different drinks that they served at their camper to kind of meet everybody, and so it was great. I served... Um, cinnamon rollers and a corset, song and heels.
1: I love that. Wow. I'm just getting this image of, like, all the people in the Midwest who have RVs that are actually, like, just using them for, like, swinger campgrounds. I love it. <laughs> I need to get an yeah. RV. <laughs> so it, it seems fun for a single woman, but I do feel—I mean, maybe this is a stereotype— um, but it does sound like it is skewed towards single women. So if you're a single woman coming to an event, it's like, oh, great, you're welcome. Um, but if you're a single man, it seems it's like it's a lot harder to break into the
0: community. Yeah, I even noticed the tickets The tickets for, singles, uh, for Swinger Sex Fest are more expensive if you're a single man.
2: They are. Um, single men, they're welcome, and they are limited because... A lot more single men want to come than a lot more single women, and it just kind of skews the numbers. Mm.
0: I've,
2: been, I've been to parties that don't limit them, and I've been to parties that do limit them, and it's not that they aren't welcome. It's just that it becomes a very aggressive atmosphere when there's more men um, than if you know, the numbers are kind of proportionate.
0: That makes sense. So what do you think is a good ratio of couple to single women to
2: single men? So I like to figure at least a little, probably, like, I don't know. I I look at at least 50% as couples, Mm -hmm. probably about 35 to 40 of single women and only about 10% to men, Mm. unfortunately. Well, that makes sense. I think that
0: especially with um, women are much more comfortable, I think, exploring their bisexuality. And men, I wish more men were more I so wish I'm men were more comfortable, but I think they're socialized to be really afraid of anything gay unless they feel <laughs> that way. And so I would imagine... Uh, If you are a man who's been socialized as a heterosexual cis man to, like, do manly things, you would be very aggressive and territorial and wanting to avoid any kind of proximity with another man. Um, And so I could see how that could be kind of problematic. Have you met any couples that are queer and have
1: queer men in them as well? So when they swing, it's like the girls go with the girls and the guys go with the guys?
2: I have not. um, But we have met some bisexual couples that, I mean, we play as a group, but not that we separate it out.
0: Oh, so do you not, you don't necessarily play as a group. You can also, like, partner off into different rooms.
2: Um, my husband and I, we don't partner off in different rooms, but we do partner off in different beds in the same room. Mm. Um, so you're so sharing that's why the experience. There's two queen
0: beds in hotel rooms. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Hi. Yes.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> it makes so much sense now. Oh, it's.
2: I gotta love that. For me, watching him with another woman and hearing the noises that she's making and the look on her face, it is such a turn on.
0: Yeah, I could imagine I, even I'm like, hearing it, and like, I'm like, like, <laughs> like I'm thinking about like watching my partner fuck another person and like getting fucked while watching that, and I'm just like, whoa, that looks <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this a little in
1: other episodes, and I think for people already in the lifestyle, it's probably something you know. But for people Mm -hmm. who aren't, how do you deal with any jealousy factor? I mean, obviously, for for you, it sounds like there's a turn-on aspect of watching them with someone else. But, like, what happens when you catch feelings, if you do, for somebody? And how do you deal with jealousy when it comes up? Because it it always comes up, at least a little.
2: It does. It's truly got to be open communication. You have to be able to talk about your feelings. You have to be able to listen to the other person's feelings, and you have to be able to decide if this is something that I can handle, I can't, and where are our comfort zones, and if we can't, then we, you know, we find a different couple because there's always other couples out there, and at the end of the day, him and I need to have a good relationship when we leave, and so we have met couples that you know, they're very overbearing. They, uh, You know, the, the lady just wants nonstop chatting with him. And it's like, uh, that that's not the point of this. And so we move on.
1: How do you deal with that disappointment? Like, maybe there isn't disappointment, but I mm-hmm. could imagine if like, hey, I met this person, I'm excited. And then your partner's like, mm, not feeling it. How do you deal with that maybe feeling of let down, even if it's brief?
2: Um, I have not felt let down. Unfortunately, the couples up here are very mismatched. The women are beautiful, and some of the guys are like, I have no idea how you got this person. I mean, they are probably very nice, but I mean, they're just complete like, she's 20 years younger, or I mean, it's there are a lot of mismatched couples, and so my husband gets to feel little disappointment more than I
0: do. <laughs> oh, because they'll be, he'll be attracted to the woman, and you'll be attracted to the woman, but not the man. Right, right. So, and do you so, feel
2: like
1: there is a little bit of a? I mean, of course, we're all interested in different things, and like you should go with
2: that. Mm-hmm. But like a beauty stigma. Um, there is, but not necessarily. It you don't have to have the perfect perfect shape body. Um, I've seen women that have got to be like a size 25, um, clothes maybe 24. I don't know what what the sizes are, but they come in. They're wearing practically nothing, and they rock it. And they have, you know, just this beautiful confidence that comes out. And so it's not necessarily that they have to have the perfect pot body or be beautiful, but we all have a type. And if if they don't come close to that, then realistically, we want everybody to have fun.
1: I don't know how to ask this in a non in a PC way, so I'm just going to ask it as best <laughs> as I know how. But I have okay. found and people have commented that when they've gone to parties like that, sort of what you're talking about, that they have trouble finding people that they are attracted to. And what do you think it is about the lifestyle or different lifestyles that tends to maybe attract people who don't fit the beauty
2: norm? I have not found that. Um, my husband and I, of all the parties and stuff we've gone to, there's only been one time where we haven't played, and it's just because the atmosphere was, wasn't was right that night, but there's always been people that we've been attracted to. Too many or... single men? <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> Met him in the bathroom line, you know. <laughs>
1: So you've found that there's usually lots of people who you're interested in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we've never, ever felt disappointed in that way. I'm really curious how it,
0: like, I've never done this before. So I'm really curious if you can kind of give us a play-by-play. And maybe it's different in different situations at, like, a campground versus a hotel takeover versus a couple you just meet. But, like, how does it go? Like, you and your husband meet this other couple, and you want to fuck each other. But, mm-hmm. like— Who starts? How does it happen? How does it—like, <laughs> tell us about the negotiations. How do you say, like, my, my husband and I, like, we're n- no anal sex except if we have it with each other. Or whatever. I'm just curious but, how, how, do, how does it go? How yeah, it like, work? walk us through an evening.
2: Mm-hmm. So it really helps if you find people online first because it seems like it's so much easier to talk to somebody online about all of this stuff than mm-hmm. it is face-to-face. Mm-hmm. But we have met several couples face-to-face. Usually, there's a lot of alcohol involved, which, of course, then, you know, everything can come out just fine without a problem. (laughs) Uh, But usually, I'm the one that picks out a couple or starts the conversation with a couple, and it's just talking and you know, flirting and that kind of stuff. And then usually, my husband, um, who is very shy at first, but he just kind of asks. So uh, you know, is there an interest, and if there is, then you know what kind of rules do you have? Because there are couples that are full swap, and there are couples that are soft swap. So, full swap is full intercourse. Full soft swap, full swap, 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 and soft swap is just oral. And so, you know, you have no idea until you start asking questions what everybody's into.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Have you ever heard of some really interesting rules? But you were like, um, Um, okay. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't come across any that haven't been, you know, that have shocked me. Let's just put it that way. But I don't know that much that has shocked me anymore with with lifestyle. mm, But
0: have you ever encountered couples that uh, are really surprised by the ask? And how do they (laughs) rebuff
2: you? Um, I've had a lot of couples that have the exact same role. Mm,
0: okay. Oh, no, not sorry, with regard to rules, like couples that are actually not swingers, and they're like, oh, no, we don't want that. Thank you, Like they were accidentally
1: at the hotel that weekend?
0: (laughs) Or, I don't know, in a bar or
2: something like that. Like, has that ever happened? No, thankfully. um, A lot of the swinger events are very private events. Like, you have to have a membership to one of the swinger sites to come because we want it to be safe for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so... We, don't, we like to make sure that there's nobody that's going to walk in and be like, oh, my God, what did I just walk in
0: Well, I almost walked into one once. I was walking on, down the street, and I went into this bar, which is this total dive bar near my house. And it was a Friday, <laughs> and I was actually having a drink with my ex-boyfriend and we hadn't seen each other in a while. And you didn't feel like swinging that night? I, well, I was having a drink with my ex-boyfriend and we had decided to meet up to go for a drink and we were trying to pick a place and we walked and I was like, let's just go to this dive bar because it was like kind of aromantic or whatever and we didn't know it was going to happen. But anyway, we go to the dive bar and we go in and the guy's like $20 cover and I'm like, why you're a dive bar? And he goes, it's swingers night. and I, and oh. I And I could have just gone in. We did not. But I could have. And so that was so interesting. Like, well, that, I think that, I mean,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda, but I think there's lots of different social ways. Like, you can be in a private club. You can go to a swinger fest, like what you're hosting. You can go to a meetup. You can go to a munch, like different ways to get involved in the scene.
2: There is. Minnesota is a lot more restrictive than a lot of states um, because we can't have an actual club in Minnesota right now. And so. Why? What do you mean a club? So. Like in New York, there's actual swinger clubs where they have rooms that oh, you can are different. Right. So you can have like a Fifty Shades of Grey room or whatnot. And so it's like always a hotel takeover all the time at this club. But Minnesota doesn't have that. So in our, like at a bar, we meet, do meet and greet at bars, but there's no, there's no playing. There's, you're just basically talking and then go to a hotel afterwards.
1: Interesting. Um, you talked earlier about um, people drinking a lot at the events, and like obviously, drinking is a lot of fun. Are there ever worries about consensuality or safety when people are partying?
2: So, usually, every place that we've gone, there's security, mm-hmm. um, somebody that doesn't. But I have not found anybody in any of the events that I've gone to that doesn't respect the word no. Um, it's, it's very clear, it's very uh, no means no. And so I have not run across that at all. Um, and thats I think that's a good thing. I mean, it so. seems like, I, I would hope that it, at least if you're applying to the
1: event or whatever, but people in the community, mm-hmm. like, you have to learn to be in touch with yourself and be a good communicator if you want to survive in it and meet people. And so if you're exactly. not that, you're not really going to get any. It's mm, a really exactly. good point. What do you do when you've fucked everybody? <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I mean— I don't know how big the community is, and obviously if you go to a different state, there's new people, but, you know, there's there's different cruises and different but like, festivals. like,
0: you're in Minnesota, Amanda. Yeah, but so, like, what do you do if you
1: walk in and you're like, oh, man, I've fucked, I've already, like, fucked everybody here. Like, is there enough people to go around, or do you usually, like, you know, hook up with you the can same people? You also double people? dip. That's what I'm saying. Double dipping, not saying that's bad. I'm just, what do you do if you fucked everyone and has that <laughs> happened? I feel like that would happen no. to me. <laughs>
2: Thankfully, like every time we go to a hotel takeover, there's always new people and there's always people that are joining the lifestyle. On one of the lifestyle sites, now this is nationwide, on one of the lifestyle um, websites that I belong to, there's usually over 10,000 new signups every week. A week. Wow. So I don't think we're going to
1: run out of... So I'd have to be really busy. (laughs) That's you would 500,000 people a year. <laughs> well, if you free up your schedule, you know. <laughs>
2: 500,000. I do like to sleep too. <laughs> Go ahead. You do like to what? <laughs> she says she likes
1: to sleep too. But mm. going back to Simone's question, like, so getting, let's say you've met the couple, you've maybe mm-hmm. met online, like you said, you've talked about what your rules are. When you get up to the room or wherever you're meeting, how do you start it? Like, has it but already started? Do you start started? making out
0: with your husband first or do you like, do the exchange asap or is there ever like an awkward like okay now we're here and who's
1: so going to start our,
2: it our first time at when it was not in a party um we were at a hotel room and i am very forward so i started stripping my husband <laughs> ah. and so and then i i'm Like I said, I'm very shy, but I'm also very forward when it comes to sex, especially when I've had some alcohol. And so I have no problem like taking his head and burying it in her pussy and starting. That's a good way to start. That's
0: (laughs) a great (laughs) way to start.
2: (laughs) I mean, why like you know have
1: the pleasantries? Just go for it, you know.
2: Right. We've also had parties at our house with different couples and. We like to do games and, know, games? games and drinking games and it really opens people up and starts, you know, things so that there's not that awkwardness. And so mm. we've kind of learned over time how to how to move past that and how to not have that awkwardness.
0: Have you ever used
2: your catchphrase? Um, no. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to be make... Usually by the time that, you know, they're in a room with us, or uh, you know uh, at our home we've we've been comfortable enough with them that by catchphrase um, you meant safe word like right safe yeah gotcha. yes. and so uh, we've we've been very lucky that's
1: awesome. good to hear I mean it's, I mean for people out there listening it doesn't mean it's a bad thing if you have to use it it's just an opportunity like you said to check in and become closer to your partner and maybe the people you're hanging out with exactly someone gave exactly. me good advice I think it was um the sex educator, Reed Mahako, we were talking or he was giving a presentation and it was sort of like how to have a successful threesome or how to I do- I went to that workshop oh, with you. you were with me. How to do like successful swinging and How he to was, negotiate a threesome. Yeah. And it was like saying something like, I have an idea. You know, it's just like as simple as like you're sitting in the room, there's this awkward happening and then you're like, I have an idea. And Amanda could say like- you know, I have an idea and then just push your husband's like face in your pussy or, like, <laughs> and like, I have an idea, like I would love to watch you make out with whatever. Like, just if you're, if you're short on how to start it, just say, I have an idea, and then say what you want to happen.
2: <laughs> I've never tried that, but I'm going to have to do that.
1: Oh, please report me. <laughs> well, it sounds like you don't need to, but I think if you're new at it and there's that discomfort or, you know, maybe you're really sober and not knowing how to do it, just to say, like, I have an idea and express what you want to do. And even if they don't want to do it, it sort of gets the conversation going and you're, you know, saying what you want
2: to happen. Exactly. What? One of the best things is about going to these parties and these events is everybody there is wanting something, and so just by talking to them, you know that they're already interested in possibly a threesome or you know a couple and doing something. So you don't have that uncomfortableness of you know going to a bar and try to find somebody or things along those lines. So I love these events because. I don't have to feel like an ass when I try to get somebody to do something that maybe they don't want to do.
0: I think you're describing something that's pretty awesome that a lot of couples would benefit from and probably are interested in doing. So I'm wondering if you could give some advice on how to Say maybe A, want. bring it up with your partner that you're interested in getting into the lifestyle, and B, just kind of how to prepare for your first event. So two, two questions, really, because, I, yeah, I think this is a really healthy way to be able to be in a, you know, monogamous romantically, so mon- monamorous, a monamorous relationship while still being able to have sexual polyness um, that I think a lot of people are probably very interested in. And so I'm curious as to how you would encourage people to try it out.
2: So, one of the easiest ways to probably talk to a partner is to ask about their fantasies, and pretty much let them know that it's, you know, I want to hear what your actual fantasies are, regardless of if you think it's going to hurt my feelings or not. I just want to know what what you're interested. It doesn't mean we have to do it. it doesn't mean we have to try it. But let's get that conversation going and see if maybe we have some of the same fantasies. And so. I think open communication is the biggest thing that you have to have. And if you're not an open communicator in a relationship, swinging is probably not going to work for you because you have to have that and you have to feel comfortable talking to them about uncomfortable things. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be a lot of heartache. And so, like I said, fetishes is probably the easiest way to bring up this topic.
0: And then that make, that's some really sage advice, I would say. And then how to prep for your first event. Yeah,
1: so let's say, I mean, tell us about Swinger Fest. When is it? And then for people listening who are interested, how can they prepare for this as, if this is what's their first
0: event? Would this be a good first event? This will be our first event. No, yeah. would this be a good first event? For like if, someone oh, to come.
2: It would actually be the perfect first event because the beginning of the day— is an expo. And so there's going to be contests. There's going to be classes. You're going to get that knowledge that you can probably use later that night if you go to the after party. And so to me, you know, you're going to be horned up all day long, and you're not even going to care <laughs> about what you look like or what you do because you're so dang horny that you just want to go and meet people. Plus, all day long, you're going to be interacting with people that – are going to be there, and so you may find that, that you need to go use your room periodically throughout the day. Well, how about do you that? have breaks in the schedule for that? Well, because it's come as you go, you know, you can come and go as you please. No, you know it's come as, <laughs> come as you go, come as you go. Yes, I, <laughs> I come as had you that are. I, <laughs> what, <laughs> yes, you are exactly right. <laughs> um. But there is no breaks in it. I mean, there isn't going to be contests all the time. You know, there's there's just going to be music. There's going to be... A Wait, way contests? Around at
0: the contests? Yeah, what kind oh, of contests? Yes. What kind of contests, Amanda?
2: So, like, the best booty contest. Um, I'm a big fan of sexy tattoos. And so...
0: What's a sexy uh, tattoo?
2: That's subjective. Yep, exactly. But you can... You can have a group of people we're going to have it on social media uh-huh. so um, people can vote which tattoo they they think is the sexiest mm-hmm. do you have a sexy tattoo i don't but my husband he's a marine so he's got very sexy tattoos. Mm-hmm. Hot. interesting <whistles> i like want to know what they are but i don't want to pry too much <laughs> well they're just they're just marine corps tattoos like he's got his dog tags. um You know, underneath his arm, and it's just the perfect position that you know you see them when things are happening, and it just—I love it. Does
1: he wear his Marine uniform for you? He does not.
2: That was um, a long time
0: ago. Maybe get a new one fitted just for the occasion. Um, So you're going to have a best booty contest, a a sexiest tattoo contest, what else? So this isn't necessarily contest, but
2: what kind of events? Yeah, what kind of
0: what can people look forward to?
2: So we're working on an amateur strip contest. Oh, Nicoletta's face just lit up, and she (laughs) takes her fists and shakes them up and down with a big smile. No, she's pointing at
0: herself. Yeah, every single time Nicoletta and I go to a strip club, we're always like, "We need to do this. We need to
1: find amateur night." It's so hard to find places though, because of my profession, I can't just like, you know, I can't go somewhere because I'm worried I'm going to see a client. So. That might I be the, the perfect understand. opportunity to win my amateur contest. <laughs> or maybe your clients will be there. Or yeah,
2: <laughs> Maybe. But if they're there, you have nothing to worry about because they're obviously there for the same reason you're there.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about the kink events.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is kind of a um, a personal question uh, because I have a lot of clients that I've dealt with with this. But do you have any advice for couples in the lifestyle or swinger couples who have a disparity in their sexual desire? I mean, I think this is true for most couples where one person is maybe hornier or likes it in a different way at a different time. Um, But what if someone is wanting to go to more events and do more swinging and more hookups and the other person is fine with like once a month?
2: So that is really tough because you're, you really have to have both people on the same page. Otherwise, Somebody's going to end up with hurt feelings. And so being open and talking to them about it, and maybe if the spouse that isn't wanting to do it as much, if they're open to them going with another couple um, that she's comfortable with, something that they can work out to make it comfortable for both of them. I know that a lot of, um, let's say, if it was my husband that wanted sex more, um, it's Hard as a woman to let them go out there, even though you know that they're going to come home. But then you sit and wonder, okay, should I have gone? Should I not have gone? We're overthinkers. Mm. And so if you send them out with a couple that you already know and you trust, you really don't have that wonder or, you know, who's he going to hook up with or things along those lines. And so it just makes it easier. Um, Unfortunately, I've never had to go through this myself because both my husband and I are very horny and we love it. And so we have every other weekend without kids. And so we have every other weekend to go out and play. Um, but I highly recommend making a plan that works for both of you because you have to. It, it, sex should always be fun. And so you got to figure out what works for you.
0: So you mentioned you've had, you have kids. Do they know about this? No, no. They don't know that you're organizing this festival?
2: No, they have no idea that we're swingers.
0: Interesting. What do they think? So they don't know that. Do you have a job outside of organizing this festival?
2: I do.
0: Oh,
1: okay. And how do you and feel about being out about it? Like, are you, are you private about this part of your life, and how come?
2: So, as far as my kids, um, I mean— I live in a very small town, 3,500 people. There is no event, no anything around my area. Um, We drive a minimum of an hour to go to any kind of event. I'm... I I know, it's it's crazy. Why haven't you moved? Things people do (laughs) when they're horny. So, I mean, we're open with couples when we go out. My friends all know I talk about it. But... My kids at some point when they're older will probably, you know, I want them to be able to enjoy sex and be open about sex. I want them to have a good sex life like I do. I love but that
1: it, you said that. I feel like that is so hard for people to say that they want their kids to have an enjoyable sex life.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important because so many times we stress about sex a much, and I just want them to understand that it can be, a, it can be fun. Hmm. Don't. I love that. So to, there are circles
1: that you that you don't tell.
2: Um, my like my kids. Yeah, that that's pretty much it. I mean, so if, you're not if somebody was to ask me mm-hmm. about it, I'm not going to hide it. Mm-hmm. but I don't put it out there to people that you know don't ask or mm-hmm. kind of that don't ask don't tell kind of thing. But,
0: have you ever been on the receiving end of of judgment because of this? Um,
2: I have. Um, I have a friend that was very surprised about it, and you could see the judgment in her face, but at the same time, she was more curious and just more shocked, Um, but she could never do it, and I don't push, or I don't, you know, um, I am who I am, and if you aren't comfortable with me, Mm -hmm. I'm not pushing anything on you, so you know, it might not be work. She, she did just fine with it after we talked about it. She understood it. You know, we don't ever push as far Mm -hmm. as trying to get her into it.
1: Are there any like assumptions you've faced for people in the community in general? Like what are, what are some assumptions about swingers that are, might be false?
2: Well, Mm. it's tough because everybody thinks that, you know, we're just sluts and, yeah, maybe I am a slut. I don't care. I have fun. We love sluts here. Really yeah, we yeah. Big fans. Big fans. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fans. It's just, a lot of people, it's, you know, one of those taboo things. And I think it's more of a fear than it is of, you know, being open to it.
0: Mm. So if people are interested in going to Swinger Sex Fest, I know you alluded to the Best Booty Competition and the Sexiest Tattoos Competition. And educational. Right. So I'm curious what else they can look forward to there. Um, Anything else that people should know about it? Yeah, and how do they they find it? So our tickets are on
2: sale at SwingerSexFest.com, And we've got all kinds of information out there as far as what they can expect. You know, the facts and frequently asked questions. And then they can expect to come meet new people. We're going to have all kinds of vendors that are going to have toys that are there for sale. I am setting up a 7,000 square foot dungeon room for our BDSM fans. We, oh. th- we both just
1: made like jaw dropping, like, oh, I don't even know how many square feet that is <laughs> or what that looks like because I have no conception of math, but it sounded fun and big.
2: It's very big, and so, I mean, we've got a lot of things that we're working on, and you know, right now, trying to get set up for it, um, but... And you're having have, classes, too? What kind of classes? So, um, anal toys is a big one that we've had people ask um, to have, because it's a toy that not everybody's comfortable with using, and anal you know, sex is kind of a taboo thing in some circles, too, and so... We decided to throw that one in there. We're going to have some beginner swinger classes as far as how do I prepare for a party? How do I, uh, you know, go about asking somebody if they're interested? How do I make my online um, profile appealing? Things along those lines. Um, we're going to have a beginner BDSM class so people can ask questions. I'm working on trying to get a DOM and a dominatrix to come so that people that are either submissive or dominant can ask questions of them. Mm. Um, So we've got a lot of different things that are going to be happening as far as just to get them information, get them comfortable with the different fetishes, um, to find out. I mean, foot fetish is one of the big ones, but maybe there's some fetishes that they might be into that they don't really realize are out there.
0: That sounds so awesome It does sound are like a ex- good first time event It for sounds someone. like a real like I kind of want to go are you only expecting people from like the Minnesota area to come or do you think people are gonna trek from near and far?
2: So at some of the hotel takeovers that I've been to people have flown in from Canada people have come from New York um, and so I don't necessarily know that it's just gonna be in Minnesota We've got a couple of people from outside you know, outside of Minnesota that are near Minnesota that are coming. But I fully expect that we'll probably have some people from further out once we get our affiliate network set up. Maybe you'll have the
0: Sluts and Scholars from L.A. Who knows?
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it well, that sounds great. Fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, on that note, we want to thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. This was super informative. I feel like I learned so much. Thank you for well, speaking I've... so open about the
2: lifestyle. Yes, thank you both for having me. It was great to meet you guys. Um,
0: if people want to either follow you or Swinger Sex Fest on social media, is there a way for them to do that?
2: Yes, yeah, so Swinger Sex Fest is on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I personally am not out there on those, um, but I, I control all of the uh, um, posts on both of those, so if they want to go ahead and follow those, I will keep them up to date. Amazing.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, as always, if you want to keep up, to keep yourself up to date on what Sluts and Scholars are doing, we're on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at slut Scholars. And please email us. We love your emails at SlutsandScholars at gmail.com. Thank you, Amanda. Maybe we'll see you at Swing Fest. Thank
2: you. Have a great night. Nice. Bye. Bye.